Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. This is episode 24. Today on the show, we welcome our special guest, Rachel Miller, who is sharing her proven strategy for growing your Facebook business page. This is a strategy I've personally been using myself for a couple years now, and I'm so excited that Rachel is going to be sharing it with you today. Plus, stay tuned until the end of this episode because Rachel is giving away a ton of freebies to help jumpstart your Facebook page growth. So without further ado, let's get it started. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you wedding rock star work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Rock Your Wedding Biz. This is Mindy, and I'm joined, as always, by Renee Dallow. How are you, Renee? I'm good. I'm good. Hi, everybody. So uh, today we have a very fun topic and a very special guest. We're going to be talking about using Facebook pages for your business. And I know that that is a topic because as a social media strategist, I hear you guys complaining about Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) So. I wanted to have my friend Rachel Miller on because I discovered Rachel a couple years ago and her strategies really worked for me. But before we get into that, welcome Rachel to the show. Thank you so much, Mindy and Renee. I appreciate it. Ah, Thank you for being here. Um, So real quick, I just want to talk about how Rachel's strategies kind of changed the way that I looked at Facebook and has been really successful for me. So if you're new here, uh, I am a full-time blogger. And I also do social media strategy on the side. But um, as a full-time blogger, you know, using social media is really important for me. So some of my blogger friends a couple years ago were talking about this new Facebook group uh, that had just started and was talking about, you know, this new kind of different approach to using Facebook pages and to growing your Facebook page and growing your audience. And uh, so I joined the group and it turns out it was Rachel's group. (laughs) 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 <laughs> it was it was pretty small back then. I think it was probably only like a thousand people in the group at that point. Oh wow! Then that was like January of 2017, then, huh? Yeah, I was one. I'm, I'm an early adopter, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel, I love that you know exactly when that would have been based on the amount of people in the group. I know, I know. I was like so having so much fun watching it grow. It was crazy. Yeah. We're at twenty-seven thousand now. <laughs> You're at twenty-seven thousand now. We have 27,000 businesses that we've helped grow. Yes. Wow. So I joined it, you know, fairly at the beginning. And um, the thing I really liked about it is that Rachel provided a lot of free content in that group. So a lot of advice, a lot of kind of like freebie downloads with tips. And she would also do a lot of videos where she would like actually um, audit people's Facebook pages in real time on these live videos. And I just love that she gave so much value. And then, um, Rachel turned all this knowledge into a course and I was a little too shy to go in the first round. I was just like, well, let me apply some of this stuff to my page, uh, before I spend money on the course. And then wouldn't you know, (laughs) my page started growing like crazy, just based on the stuff that I learned in this free Facebook group. So when the course was offered again, I was like the first one to sign up. I was like, sign me up. 
I, you know, I got, I had such great success following just the freebie stuff in this group that yes, I'm going to put my money down and get the course. And it's just helped me so much over the cup, uh, the last couple years to grow my Facebook pages, which has turned into more website views for me, which is advertising money, um, you know, direct sponsorships, uh, affiliate sales for me and selling my own products. So um, I owe a lot of that to Rachel. So thank you, Rachel. Oh, Mindy, thank you. I'm so glad that you uh, had such success and had so much fun with your page. Yeah. So that's my story. And Rachel, if you don't mind, just real quick, tell us a little bit about your history with growing Facebook pages and then how you turn that into basically a business. Yeah, I basically, essentially, if you love people and you love a topic, you collect people into that topic, you love them, you serve them, you ask them what you can do to make their lives better and then give it to them. And in doing that, you base, you make an income, you make a, a full-time revenue stream. So that's what I've done. I started building a blog after I uh, had to quit teaching. So <laughs> I had too many kids and you couldn't, I couldn't afford daycare. And so I was, like, and I was so crushed to, to when I found out. I mean, it was a good thing. I, I was glad to be pregnant again, but I was also surprised and not exactly thrilled because I couldn't afford daycare. And so being pregnant again meant I had to quit my job. And I, that was, little did I know the gift that that was, you know, the gift of, of being in that circumstance where I had no options. Um, that when you have no options, it's super powerful because the only place you have is up, right? And um, I yeah, love that so, so much. Yeah, don't, if you're in a spot where you're desperate, see it as a half full situation because you now have so many opportunities that you never would have considered if you were boxed in. So anyways, I was boxed in teaching. I didn't realize it. I loved teaching, but I didn't realize there was something better out there. So I began making a website and it was kind of a bit of a, my husband thought maybe I could make $500 and pay for our mortgage. At the time, our mortgage was $552 a month. It was a tiny house. Um, and so he, he was like, if we could just pay for the mortgage, like the rest of the bills will be okay. Mm -hmm. Little did the guy know. <laughs> right a little more than that, right? Oh, yeah, just a little bit. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, without getting into all the bank account details. No, um, no. But yeah, I, I went on to build that website. I got 10 million page views a month on it. We built the space 2.2 million. Then I went on and built another website and another website and another website. So I then had, um, I had created four, actually I'd created six websites, but oh, here's another one for you. Two of those businesses weren't as successful as the others. So they sold, but maybe they weren't very profitable or they fizzled. So it's okay to have businesses that fizzle. So for everyone who says, well, Rachel did that because she's like this business building guru, everything works. No, not everything worked. Okay. So we did have failed businesses um, where I invested money into a business and it didn't go anywhere. So don't, don't let that stop you from, from growing. Okay. So I went and I built all these different websites and then they grew. And so I asked people like Mindy, Hey, do you want to do this with me? Like, maybe I'm not the only one. Maybe somebody else could do this. And up until that point, I lived in a spot where if I told somebody else how to create this website, they would copy my content. So I didn't want anyone to know I existed. Like, right. I didn't want my websites mm -hmm. to be picked up by bloggers. I They knew about my big ones, but they didn't know about my highly profitable little ones, um, which were actually making more money some days than my big one. So right. I... I thought if I just kept this quiet to myself, they won't know about this and then they won't copy me and I'll still like dominate the market. And uh, 
I was right in the sense, as soon as I started telling people, they copied me, which it's crazy, but it gave me more opportunities. So for example, when I started teaching, I had a crazy cat lady site. And then I had students who had crazy cat lady sites because they literally would copy my page. Some of them even copied the name and they'd copy the content. And so next thing you know, though, my site, because they're sharing and they're engaging with my page so much, my page grew as their page grew. So it was a gift to me that I needed to kind of open up my eyes too. So um, not that I'm encouraging someone to copy me and I will actually send you cease and desist letters and all that other good jazz. So don't talk um, about it. Yeah, don't, I'm just saying like it's, but at the same time, don't adapt. So for us, all of us, we can adapt situations. So that's, that's how my site came about. Next thing you know, I'm teaching people how to build businesses through engagement online. And we've had students with success that's even been bigger than mine. It's been so encouraging. Rachel, I'm like already obsessed with you right now. <laughs> the, the mom who had too many kids who went on to build businesses now has no, too many I businesses. Love <laughs> I love I, everything you said. I was like, no, we were smiling and nodding. And I was like, oh, no one can see me. Um, obsessed with the whole story. So when you decided to do your course and people copied you, sort of what was the, like, what was the pivot? Did you just decide, you know, that you were just going to teach the method and and let go of the websites or do you still have the websites? Oh, no, I still have the websites and they still bring in multiple six figures a year. So they're solid. If if I lost Moolah tomorrow, my husband, my family will not go hungry. My husband could still quit his job and work from home or not work if he wanted to. He won't because he likes his job and he won't quit. Um, that's another podcast or marriage therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're gonna make me snort laugh on public podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> okay, um, so yeah, so he's. I we would still be fine because we have the other websites and the other businesses that are still running. So yeah, that's amazing. But yeah, I, so I teach people now how to build engagement, build audiences, build engagement, and then from that engagement, ask those those people. Um, what can we do to help you and make your lives better? So for you, you all of you that are here, you are part of the wedding industry. You've, you're part of the most important day of someone's life. And you can ask them, what can I do to make this day bigger, better, easier for you? And in doing that, think of the things they aren't even thinking of. And in doing that, make a fan for life. Okay, let's talk about that concept for a little bit because – As a social media strategist, when I sit down with people in the wedding industry, most of the time they don't want to talk about Facebook because they say it's too hard to reach people. Facebook doesn't show your business page to people, Um, you know, or it's pay to play, like all these different things I hear. And I want to say, no, it's not true. There, There are ways to do it. So let's talk about this for a little bit, because I like your strategy of think of the thing that your ideal client needs the most and give it to them. Um, But let's talk a little bit first about like, what makes people come to Facebook, you know, what the type of content that they like, um, and, and how as wedding professionals, or as business owners, we can't really think of Facebook as a marketing platform as much as it needs to be just like a content platform where we're helping our clients. So one, why are we on Facebook? People go to Facebook to like to, okay, they're bored in the middle of the night and they are (laughs) wide awake. And so they decide they're going to go check their notifications. Totally guilty. I do that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. 
So they're there because they're bored. Now, sometimes they're there because they want to connect with someone else. Mm-hmm. But often they're just online because they're bored and they're okay with watching like random videos about nothing just because they want something to fill that dead moment in their life. So what does that mean for us? We need to think about our content in a way of solving that problem that our readers are having. Our readers are getting married soon and they're also bored. So what can we do to fill those bored moments with something that makes them smile and makes them kind of perk up a little bit? Mm-hmm. Lots of stories, lots of stories of weddings. You ask the next one, you ask, what kind of content would I post if I was a wedding person? And, and I've advised wedding people um, to build their businesses online. I would post stories about weddings. I would post stories about engagements. I would post stories about when they're married, what life is like, and how they overcome came some struggles in their marriages. I would post stories about wedding rings and a lost ring and how it was found. Basically celebrate relationships and that connection that people have because they're bored and they, they want to celebrate their connection. So you get to almost let them live in that bored moment through your stories and through the content that you're putting up on your on your site. Now, Rachel, when you say that, I can already hear some of my wedding planning friends going like, that's a lot of content to create, but you're not talking about stuff that I create. You're talking about things that I repost from other sources, correct? Yes. So with the current algorithm, it really likes original content. So I would still try to post like one time a day minimum your own or, okay, if that seems like too much, do every other day until you have enough content that you can recycle one a day. And mm-hmm. remember, guys, you can post the same thing the first of every month. It doesn't you can recycle the content. You I just want something coming from your page, not just to share. And then the other content that you post from your page can be shared content. So this would be where you're going online and you find a video about a wedding and you post that into your feed on your page just so that there's some content up there that's still telling a story, even if you don't have time to make it. Got it. Okay. Now, based on that, here's another question I can see people having is why would I, as a business owner, share another business's content? Well, yes, you're going to be sharing someone else's content, but remember you're sharing it in a way that's going to feed your audience's hopes and dreams. A lot of the wedding stories that are out there, they're not monetized videos. So what I mean by that is another wedding planner is not the one posting this. Here's how their engagement story. It's probably just a random person who's put it up or a news conglomerate who's found the story and they're reposting the story from someone that they found, right? So you, they're not competition to you. What they are are people, it's, it's, a, it's a page that you're going to say, my audience is also watching content on this page. So Facebook, I'm close to this page. I'm just like this page. We have such similar content. I'm sharing from them. My readers are engaging. Their readers are engaging on my page. So our readers are the same Facebook. So show my content to this audience too. Okay. So the concept of like, let's just use, for example, um, the not Facebook page, you know, super huge wedding website. Um, who, <laughs> whose future is uncertain at this point. Um, but uh, Which means there's a wide open space for somebody to come in and take over. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so let's say you share something from the knot. You're, you're only going to share things that you think your ideal client is going to respond to. So when they 
like your post that you shared from the knot they're telling you that i i like this content and then you can take a look at what your people are liking and find more content like that across facebook or across the internet to share so it doesn't necessarily have to be your own content that you created from scratch you can you can discover what your ideal client is liking and then share more of that but you know, in between that, it is good to have your own original content. So maybe um, yes. a photograph from a wedding you were involved with, with a unique caption on it, um, or even a video, if you have one, maybe you took something real quick with your phone on the wedding day. And, you know, with the couple's permission, you're allowed to post that on your Facebook page, uh, things like that. Can I ask about the, um, so like the philosophy sort of is that if you're posting, say I'm posting an article from The Knot that gets a lot of views on it via my page, the hope is that Facebook will then show my original content to more people? Well, if you if people, fr- when you post your post that's from The Knot on your page, people from The Knot are going to see it, but through your, prof- your business page. Ah, got it. So you're going to get to kind of ride the coattails of that other page. Got it. Thank you. And then another thing you asked was, should we be marketers? Should we be content creators? How do we set up our business on Facebook? And I think not just, we, it's not we're marketing our services on Facebook, which we should be. If we're all selling something, we're selling services, we should be marketing them on Facebook. But more than ads, I want you to think of your Facebook page as a community where you collect people who have the same hopes and dreams and aspirations. Yeah, I love that. You're collecting, it's not marketing and it's not even content creation. It's instead like the community hub or the community center. Literally collect the people that you think would best love the topic and put them in a group where they can talk to each other. And that group isn't necessarily a Facebook group. That group is your page. So use your page like that community hub. That's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. So instead of using your page as a, like strictly billboards, you're creating a community where people um, want to visit. Um, I kind of think of it as like waving a flag, like you're waving the flag to attract your ideal client and your ideal people uh, to your page. And then, you know, when the time is right, then maybe they will think of you when they have to hire someone or they have a referral to a friend, or even if you have something new to market. Um, I, I think Rachel's strategy isn't just, you know, post post random content without marketing yourself ever. Like it's okay to market yourself once in a while, right, Rachel? Oh yes. Uh, we you want to market yourself after you've collected audiences that you can retarget because you've collected these people, you've got them in a community. They now trust you because they've engaged with you, they've had conversations with you. Now you can send them that marketing material without pushing them away. Often we've all been to like a party where somebody like goes right into the sales pitch and you're like, dude, I'm glad you sell refrigerators, but like don't need one. And I'd like to talk to anybody <laughs> else right now. We've all been there. If yeah. we goes too fast into the sale with our Facebook page, we're doing the same thing like that person at that party that's kind of like in your face a little much. Right. Yeah, that's that's great. That's a really great point. Um, so Mindy has spoken to me before about your bumper sticker method. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, when she said wave the flag, I was like, oh, that's just like the bumper sticker, but it's almost better. I love it. <laughs> I didn't want to steal your uh, your trademark phrase there. Oh, yeah, you're good. I, I don't know if I trademarked it. I, I, did have a, I do have a lawyer, so he did trademark things. I don't know what he trademarked exactly. Um, anyways, yes, the bumper sticker basically means use your page to talk for your audience and what they call themselves. So what is your audience 
think of themselves as taken or, you know, put a ring on that? What what do they call themselves in this state of they're looking for the perfect wedding and they're planning for their perfect wedding? If you know what they call themselves, then that's what your content on your page needs to say. That's almost what your name of your page should be and almost what the profile should be and the cover. The only difference for that would be if you're only looking for people in your local area, if that's the case, then I would almost go to the point of calling your page weddings from such and such or wedding, the perfect wedding, planning the perfect wedding in Fort Worth, Texas. That way you can use the SEO and the search functions of Facebook to attract more people. Yeah. A lot of people set up their Facebook pages with their business name, which is a totally normal and straightforward like thing to do <laughs> like it, it makes totally it makes, makes sense common sense like I it's common sense yes yeah but you know if if you have a random business name no one knows how to find you yeah it, well yeah no one's gonna find you unless you give them the direct link um and and it doesn't like someone isn't gonna share something from your page if your name doesn't make any sense so this mm-hmm. is this is a tough line for for businesses to uh, kind of figure out for themselves because they're like, okay, I want my page to have my business name in it, but if it does, then that's it's almost like a strike against you, kind of. It it can be. So if you're in that spot and you're torn, start a new page. Start a new one with the term, the search term, or the the what people aspire to be, that, that bumper sticker phrase. Start a new page and have both of them. There's no reason why you can't have two, three, ten Facebook pages. That's what I did when I took Rachel's course. So I had a page for my blog that was my blog name. And uh, I still have that page. And I grew that page pretty well uh, using the strategies. But then I also started a new page that was just strictly Disney travel related and it doesn't have my blog name on it. It doesn't even have my face anywhere on it. It's not about me. I created that page to market to Disney fans and it, I made the page all about them instead of making it all about me. I love that you said all about them and not about you because honestly, we don't follow a wedding page. We're not following it because we like the wedding page. We're following it because we want to have a great wedding. So if you twist your content to be all about your reader, it's just magical what happens. So yes, keep going, Mindy. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's basically it. So that page, I mean, I grew that page much, much, much quicker than my blog page because the title of that page, the the profile picture of that page, it just, it screams Disney. So I targeted people who like to go on Disney vacations you know, only, and they respond, they responded well to that page. Now, the thing, the thing I want to touch on is that a lot of people are going to be really hesitant to change the name of their Facebook page um, from their business name. Instead of changing it, just start a new one and have two. But I also think that people are like, like, let's say someone has already built their page up to like a thousand followers and they don't want to start a new one. So what I want to say is that you don't have to necessarily change your name, but make sure that your your cover image and your profile image and your about section and any ver- everywhere else on that page is focused on your readers and not focused on you. Yep. That's the best, the best tips for sure. I'm, I have a lot of thinking that I have to do over here. I'm sorry. I'm quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how am I going to change my Facebook page? No. Um, 
my question though, Mindy, and also Rachel is like, so Mindy, this new page that you started for the Disney travel, how are you, are you monetizing that page? Like, how does it, how do you end up? I don't know. How does it end up working if you're, if it's not connected to your blog? Well, now for me, I'm a little bit different because I'm looking at this from a blogger standpoint. So I still post links to my blog on that Disney travel page. Um, but they don't, they don't know that it's, they don't necessarily know that it's me that wrote that article. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. So I still post that article. I post, um, affiliate products. Um, I'm an affiliate for a Disney travel company. So I'll post when they have sales going on or specials going on. Um, so yeah, so that's how I do. That's how I monetize that page. You can monetize pages with so many other things too, like t-shirts. And these are things that wedding people can monetize. So yes, you sell invitations, but you could also take your invitation that was the funniest or like wittiest one and put it on a shirt. And you can have a bride and her bridesmaids shirt collection. And that's a really easy way that you can add diverse content to your page and still make money um, into your business without actually adding a lot of effort. So, so there's monetization with merch products, which is like print on demand. Then there's products where you can do an affiliate. There's things where you can be have sponsored content where let's say you're a wedding invitations company, but you know there's a limo company in your town too that has these really cool old-fashioned cars. And you think it'd be really great to do an affiliate. You can do a commission deal where partner up together promote the content. He collects some videos of people in his cars and you collect the the revenue whenever you share a portion of the revenue, whenever you share his links to his cars. So there's, there's ways that you can have a broad, wide variety of content without sabotaging your business, even building your business further. I love it. Yeah. There's definitely plenty of ways to make money. I think that most people though, definitely want to start off by just using Facebook to get more eyes on their business and attract more people to their business so they can sell whatever their current service is, whatever their current product is. So like, let's take, for example, if you're a wedding planner and your goal is to reach more clients, you can totally have like Renee, you can have your Moxie Bright events page with the name Moxie Bright events. Uh, But the key is to start thinking about content that your um, audience loves and isn't necessarily tied back to you. It's not necessarily always about you. So you post articles that they love. You write blog posts that you think they'll like. You'll share wedding photos that you might be involved with. Or maybe it's it's a wedding that you saw on a different blog that you're not involved with, but you share why you like it. Um, and I, this is all part of attracting your ideal client. And one of the things that Rachel teaches uh, in her free Facebook group is like testing out when, when you kind of like first start out uh, with like a, this new strategy, this new idea of creating, you're posting content for them and not for you. You can try out different types of content to see what your audience likes. So maybe you'll post like a photo and a video and a blog link, and then you'll put a little bit of ad money behind each one. And you'll quickly discover which one is the most popular. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So true. And then when it's popular, you know, to love and to serve your audience, you're going to deliver more content like that and try to monetize that as well. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of like the starting point in this new strategy is um, just to kind of recap, because we're getting close to our 30 minutes here. But, you know, talking about like people go to Facebook because 
they're bored and they want some kind of fulfillment. Amen. <laughs> totally. totally. Yeah. So figuring out why people go to Facebook and how we can fill that boredom and how we can make them happy. Um, and then using our page more as a resource for them instead of tooting our own horn all the time and making it all about us. And then trying out different types of content. So trying out photos, trying out blog posts, even trying like typing out like a long story, like almost like if you're on Instagram and you post a photo with a long caption because you're telling mm -hmm. a little story, you can try that on Facebook huh. and see if your readers respond to it. Maybe they don't want, maybe the people who are following you don't want that type of content, but you don't know until you try. So, so that's the reason I really like um, Rachel's teaching is because she teaches you to try these different things. And you might even have to put a little bit of money behind each one so that you can reach some new people and see how they respond. And it's kind of, I mean, I've been following following Rachel's strategies for a couple of years now, it's still kind of trial and error for me. And it, it will be like that for a long time, because as Rachel can attest to, Facebook changes their algorithm and their yes. security. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, though, Mindy, like we say all the time, everything in entrepreneurship is trial and error. And you kind of have to put a little bit of money behind yeah. things sometimes to see if they work. So our listeners should be very well aware of that as our philosophy already. And don't freak out and think it's a ton of money. When they're saying you put a money behind it, it could be two or three bucks, guys. So you could test with the price of a coffee. I love that. Yeah. And that, and just doing that little testing, like I did this at the beginning. I think I posted five different types of content with my new Disney travel page. I posted five different types of content and I put $2, I think $2 a day behind each one. And I think I spent, I ran it for like two days. So I think I spent $10 total. And from that, I was able to immediately tell what type of content people responded to. That's great. How cool. Yeah. It, I love that. About. So um, I, I feel like this 30 minutes went by so fast. I have like, it did. Oh my word. Yeah, like there's so much good stuff in here. So um, I do have some resources for your audience oh, though. Yes. Yay. If they, if they would, yeah. I have, we have a list of words that can get you into trouble when you post them. Oh. So oh. if you are saying discount on invitations one it, it positions your invitations not as well doesn't doesn't make your invitations look as valuable but in addition to that so it's not just bad idea from a marketing standpoint it can actually hurt you in the facebook algorithm because the facebook algorithm sees discount and they think oh you have money i.e you should give me facebook beast more of that money <laughs> oh. so um we have like a list of words that will kind of put up turn on the spam radars in our in our readers and also on Facebook so that that way if you don't use these words you'll actually save more money from your ads you won't have to spend as much on your ads and your audience will love you more so we've got banned words list and that's free for you guys to just go grab we have conversation starters so let's say you're like what do I post on my page I don't know what to do to get people to talk to my page and to and to build that community. We have a whole list of 25 ideas. So you can literally just copy the list and you've got a conversation that you can do with your audience every single day. And yes, they work with weddings. And then the third resource, so it's three resources I'm giving away to you guys, are my viral titles. So you can use these titles to craft headlines that grab people's attention. So yeah, they're all there inside of that, that growth pack that... Um, Mindy and Renee are going to re 
um, link to. Yeah, we will. Um, first of all, that's amazing, Rachel. Thank you for putting all of that together. Um, and we will link to it in our show notes, which will be at rockyourweddingbiz.com slash episode 24, episode 24. Uh, and then um, I know, Rachel, so every once in a while, you do have this course that I talked about. And we're recording this in October. And the course is going to launch soon, right? Oh, my word, yes. <laughs> I Okay. Yeah, I'm like a, yeah, it opens every like two times a year. And so our next time that we're opening is in like two weeks. And it's like a college course in the sense when it opens, we all kind of go through the content together. And it's really exciting. And it's a lot of fun. And it's also like nerve wracking. And, and uh, yeah, I'm on egg- eggshells waiting for the, the cart to open. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, yeah. And I, I really like the way that you do that, Rachel, because you have the cart open for a little bit and then everyone goes through the course together. Um, which I think is really helpful because it's one thing to learn from a teacher like Rachel, but it's uh, an extra benefit to kind of learn along with your peers and find out what your peers are doing at the same point that you're going through it. So yeah, I really like that Rachel does that. So if you're listening to this at the time of recording, um, the course will be open soon and we will also put a link to that in our show notes if you're interested. Thank you so much, Mindy and Renee. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, Renee, do you have any uh, final questions or? No, I feel like I have so much to think about now. (laughs) Well, don't panic. I will tell you that when I first jumped into Rachel's free course back then at the beginning, I was just like, what is this? It was a complete 180 from the way that I looked at Facebook. And it took a few months for me to be like, okay, maybe this is something I should try. Maybe there's something there. So I don't want anybody to panic uh, <laughs> or feel like they're not doing Facebook right right now and feel bad about themselves. It's just a new way of thinking. And if you want to try it, great. And if you don't want to try it, then don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun seeing what's possible because everyone is on Facebook. So yep. if everyone is there, it's kind of like, why would you build your your business in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere? You wouldn't. So it's the same theory with Facebook. All of our audience, they're there. It's yeah. <laughs> true. It's so true. That's true. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for joining us today. We really appreciate all the knowledge you brought and those freebies that you're offering to our audience, which once again- I know. I'm going to get them right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> which will be in the show notes. And uh, to everyone listening, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Um, you can join our Facebook group at Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast Insiders. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Rock Your Wedding Biz. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events, wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by Joy Social, teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and reneedallow.com. You can find Mindy online at joysocial.net. Jump into the show notes at rockyourweddingbiz.com and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz.